Stephen Jones, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Well, we want to know, first and foremost, how hyped are you about the Mavericks right now? Well, it's, it's just outstanding, the job they're doing, and seeing them get it done without their, their best player uh, is even more impressive. So hats off. Now, as we move into the NFL draft, I was reading a really interesting article the other day about how much more important mental health and discussions about mental health have come have become when talking about draft prospects. Can you tell us anything about how you're supposed to scout that or analyze it and what you do with that information? You know, I think, uh, you know, especially if it's an issue, then we certainly have, uh, you know, we have infrastructure here with the Cowboys that addresses that. We have people who are available uh, for our players, and then they also evaluate whether it's free agents or potential uh, draft prospects that do the same thing and sit. We, uh, If we have a, a real interest in a player and we understand, you know, the, the player may have some challenges in that area, uh, then, uh, you know, we have our appropriate people meet with those folks. It uh, would be no different than meeting with Jim, Jim Maurer on your physical health, no different than meeting with our coaches on uh, the actual on-the-field stuff. Uh, you know, that's just uh, part of the overall evaluation. Steven, we t- uh, I did ask you last week about moving up in the first round, and and I, I totally understood the like. Look, if it's that kind of guy, it's going to be cost. It's going to cost, and we're going to have to you know spend maybe two guys to go get that one guy. So he better be that good. I am kind of curious about the the second round of the draft and moving up there. Y'all have done it before, and, and I'm kind of interested in the mechanics of draft day one is over. What are y'all discussing overnight to try and say can we make this move and should we make this move? Yeah, we did it with Demarcus Lawrence, and it turned out to be a great move for us. Uh, you know, several years ago, we, you know, we took a third-round pick, and I think that's correct. And usually, you can, in general, think, well, it's going to take, uh, you know, unless you're going way up the, the line, going from the bottom of the second to the top, then you might be talking, you know, unfortunately, as much as the next year's one. Uh, but a lot of times, if you're moving up five, six, seven spots, you're Usually giving up a third-round pick, which can, uh, you know, can really be a good football player for you. So you've got to really, uh, you know, have the feeling that this player is going to make a big difference for you, and you are willing to give up. And you know, we have that exercise where we look and say, here's some guys that we may be giving up in order to use that pick to push our two up the up the way to get the player that we're after. You think you'd be more interested in moving up in a later round, like maybe the second round, than you would the first this year? You know, there's no preference, okay. uh, at, you know, at the end of the day. It's all about value. It's all about seeing the player that we happen to uh, to like at that time. It's all about when you're on the clock, uh, you know, if there's two or three guys you're really happy with, uh, you know, that you're saying, hey, I can move down four or five spots and take that risk and uh, be just as happy and pick up another pick, then, you know, you decide to make that move. So uh, just like we did last year when the two corners went, we moved down and Felt comfortable that we could pick up a you know a great pick and and end up with Micah. So uh, you know worked out for us, worked out in a good way, and uh, you know that's it's really you know unless you're right there in the top you know five picks, it's really hard most of the time to be doing business before you know what's there and what's been taken. Is is there any part of you or the organization that is disappointed that maybe there's not more elite quarterbacks in this draft? Because I feel like in years past, since y'all aren't looking for a quarterback, 
maybe teams trying to get quarterbacks take players that you wouldn't have even considered. Does that hurt at all this year with people maybe not being as high on these quarterbacks? Well, you just never know. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, people, because they do need a quarterback, they'll push those quarterbacks up there, uh, you know, up at the top or not at the very top, but higher than you might would think they would go. I mean, that is the one position where you get, uh, you know, players, uh, you know, clubs, because the quarterback position is so important that they, you know, they push those quarterbacks up. But, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, any of these players that, uh, you know, we're not necessarily thinking, hey, we need to have that for this year. You know, it's nice to, uh, you know, push some players that uh, we may be looking at down if they get picked ahead of us. You talked a lot about, I mean, obviously the thought is that you are in charge or the uh, as big part of the organization in terms of running the salary cap and everything like that. You told us the other day about like projections of the salary cap and everything. How far, I don't know what you can tell us. I would love to know insight into your process of like, how do you guys project the salary cap going forward? Even if the NFL hasn't told you anything, do you have like, we've got it planned five years out? Like how, how do y'all come up with that? We, we're usually about three years out, and usually you've got a pretty good feel, plus or minus, you know, barring some unforeseen situation like the uh, the pandemic, uh, kind of how that's going to, you know, how that should play out. And we play that into, you know, if you sign a guy to a four- or five-year contract, and you get comfort in the fact that, you know, hey, this should be how, how the salary cap grows. And I think we've got a good feel for that, uh, you know, at this point now that uh, – you know, the league has gone in there and made most of the adjustments, uh, you know, have been put in place that needed to be uh, put in place, uh, certain pots, you know, benefits and things like that for players uh, have all been put back in place and, uh, you know, feel good that you're going to have, a, you know, a smooth curve going forward in terms of what that cap should look like. But usually, uh, you know, we're looking at iterations that would involve this year and the uh, next two years. Okay, you might have just kind of answered the bulk of my next question, but I was curious is if you can tell us, is there any money that still has to be, while all the programs are back in place, is there any money that still has to be paid back that might decelerate the raise of the cap over the next couple of years? Well, what you're trying to do is get the buckets back where they need to be for the, you know, some of the benefits and some of the things that are quote-unquote you know, hard dollars in the salary cap. And there's still a little work to be done there over the next year or so, but it's uh, certainly, uh, you know, really starting to shrink to the point where you get a good feel that you, you know, you can have a, a, a smooth curve in what you think the uh, growth in the cap's going to be over the next, uh, you know, over the next two or three years. Steven, I think if you're reading between the lines, Kevin is getting ready to pitch you a five-year plan uh, for the future, <laughs> and he just wants to throw his hat in the ring and kind of get it out there at some point. So maybe he'll text you and give you all that information later. Right? Absolutely. I look forward to seeing the plan. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a good one, I promise. Great. All right, all right so I'm, I am kind of curious because we've kind of been hearing some whispers about some things, and I want to see your thoughts on this. Are you guys interested in making any free agent moves, like maybe on the offensive line before the draft, or do you think you're more likely to like reassess the market after? after you've drafted? You know, right now you kind of know what's out there and you know kind of where people are. There's some players out there that are kind of going to, uh, you know, wait it out and see, and uh, that happens. And, you know, we're, we're certainly, uh, as, as I said, we're certainly open uh, to business in terms of uh, what, what we're going to do in free agency. We, we think there's still some work to be done there. 
Uh, I think you do see some natural ability come come after the draft. Teams draft some guys, and you know, then they start to get the feeling, well, maybe we can do without this guy. He's got a big cap. We'll, well, you know, we'll cut him loose, and uh, you know, in the free market. And so, you know, every year uh, there's opportunity that that shows up, comes up, if you will, uh, after the draft because people draft some good young players high, and uh, they decide to. Uh, uh, you know, take some cap relief, uh, you know, in other areas. So uh, there's always seems to be opportunity there, and we'll just see how it goes. Is there any possibility that somebody else is trying to call you right now? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. okay. That might be Because it sounded like there was a beep, and so we, were, we appreciated you <laughs> yeah. sticking with us yeah. and declining that other phone call. <laughs> it, it all depends on who it would have been. I can I can assure you that. Yeah, we're we're right in the top three, maybe four uh, of the list of people that yeah. he's not going to hang up on right okay. now. I appreciate Great. that. All right, so the the running back position. I know we have Zeke, Tony Pollard's in his place right now, and we you know we all kind of want to see how Kellen uses that position. But when you're looking in the draft, there are some guys that that could be good. Uh, future starters or future role players. I'm kind of curious, What is it? do you need more of a potential starter or do you need more of a project right now with the way this roster is structured? Well, I think our running back situation is a position of strength for us right now. When you look at Zeke, you look at uh, Pollard, you look at Rico, uh, you know, we were just in with the coaches talking about that. And, you know, that's three really strong, strong running backs. And so, you know, it's certainly not a position – uh, of need right now, but at the same time, we also know Tony Bollard is going to be a free agent and, uh, you know, things change quickly. So uh, that's, uh, you know, why you don't ever rule out any position, especially if a player, uh, you know, falls in there that you, you know, think has great value. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think you're ever just, you know, you're never going to relegate yourself to a certain position of, hey, we're, we're not going to take this or we're, looking at, you know, we're looking for a three, not a one or a two. Uh, you know, you just, uh, you know, you have to be open-minded as you move forward in the draft, look for where the value is and make decisions based on that. Steven, I know you talked about C.D. Lamb a few days ago with us, but I look at Cooper Cup, 145 catches, 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns. I mean, the best receiver in the league last year. I have hopes of CeeDee Lamb being the best receiver in the league in 2022. I know that Dak has multiple weapons to throw to. Is there any type of offense or possibility that CeeDee Lamb can be as good as Cooper Cup was in 2021? Well, I think the sky's the limit on CeeDee Lamb. I, I just think it's a function of getting opportunities. And obviously, without having Amari here and said here, uh, he should get more opportunities than he's ever had. Uh, you know, we got Gallup, who's going to be uh, – He's going to be coming on strong, I think, but he could, you know, his availability for the uh, first game or two could be a question mark. And uh, obviously we're going to be looking, uh, you know, to add there in terms of uh, what we're doing from a receiver standpoint. But, you know, I, I would I would not bet against CD on, on any numbers in terms of what he might could achieve. I know Dak has great confidence uh, in what he's doing and, uh, you know, he could certainly be a guy that you could look up and all of a sudden he's having, you know, a huge year. So, up about where he's going. He's in great shape. He's, uh, you know, he's going about his business uh, uh, in a very, very much a, a working off season, uh, doing everything he can to prepare himself to have a great year. 
Now, when you talk about Dak having great, uh, you know, respect and trust in the wide receivers, do you get the sense? Because I imagine that's the only way this thing is going to work. But do you get the sense that all the receivers, all your pass catchers, also have that same kind of appreciation and belief in Dak? Oh, absolutely. There's one thing you don't have to worry about on this team, and it's not just uh, the receiving core. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's just a consensus uh, of who the leader of this football team, who leads it. Uh, everybody just has to have extreme confidence, and not just the players on the field. It's the coaching staff. It's, uh, uh, it's the personnel staff. It's ownership. Uh, there's not anybody in this building who, uh, doesn't have the utmost confidence in what uh, Dak Prescott is, what he stands for, and how he leads his team. Stephen Jones here with us on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. Dan Quinn was special last year. I think a lot of he gained a lot of trust with the fan base, a lot of trust with you guys. And I'm kind of curious when you know he's talking about what he wants to do with this defense. Is he is he pretty close to what he wants, or are there still like other? He's like, you know, we have a lot of work to, to, to build. We need to make some more additions to this defense to get it there. Well, we have a lot of the pieces uh, that we do feel really good about, but you can always improve. And uh, I think Dan thinks we're going to be a better defense this year than we were last year. So uh, fired up about that. But it is great when you're discussing, uh, you know, these players, uh, this personnel uh, in the upcoming draft and, uh, you know, where some of these uh, – some of these men at different positions could make us even a better defense if we were to get a player like this or a player like that. You know, it certainly fires me up, and I do think when we look up here that we're going to have improved ourselves. And even even if we stayed status quo, uh, I, I think Dan believes we're going to have a better defense. But uh, I feel good that we're going to improve uh, where we are, and that should make us even better. Stephen, when a certain receiver says that he wants to be traded from the, <laughs> a certain team on the West Coast, do you say we need to pick up the phone and make a phone call and just check in on this guy uh, because that dude's really good and, you know, we kind of lost in the playoffs to that team, so let's go ahead and steal that guy from him. Well, we're always looking to, uh, to get better. Uh, and, uh, yeah, obviously keep your eye on anything and everything that's going on and uh, certainly uh, – Things have to have to fit in and work, but uh, we're always, uh, you know, looking at where we are from a personnel standpoint, where we can get better. Now, this question is a little different, maybe a little bit more serious, but I would love anything you can tell us about this because I've always been fascinated by this. So, it's been a really busy off season. We've talked about that. There was just a lawsuit that got dropped against Jerry from somebody claiming to be one of his daughters. Is there any part of you, because none of this would be important to anybody if you weren't in the public eye, is there ever a part of you that regrets like being in this business or being in the public eye or your family being in the public eye? No, we absolutely, uh, uh, you know, feel so fortunate uh, to be involved with the Cowboys. Uh, no matter what you're involved in in life, there's always going to be uh, a lot of good aspects if you love it, and then there's going to be some some things that can be challenges. So uh, we certainly uh, embrace and love what we do with the Cowboys, and we also understand, you know, there's going to be times uh, when there's challenges. I mean, obviously, uh, no different than last year. Uh, we had, uh, you know, it was certainly disappointing that we didn't make it, uh, you know, that we uh, didn't have success in the playoffs. And, you know, that eats at you. But at the same time, you wouldn't trade anything for it. 
to be in that competitive arena, uh, competing day in and day out and, and trying to be the best. So, uh, we, like I said, we embrace uh, all the challenges that come with uh, being a part of the Dallas Cowboys and uh, certainly know that, uh, you know, there's always going to be uh, some some tough things that come with it. There's going to be criticism that comes with it, but uh, we feel like uh, we have a very strong foundation organizationally. Uh, we feel like our family has a strong foundation, and, uh, you know, we just feel good about our future and where we're headed. Well, Stephen, if, uh, if there are ever any agents calling during our interview, you can always patch them in, and then we can, like, listen in on the conversation. Just oh, let great. them know. Yeah, just let them know that, hey, I'm on the line with radio, so we're, this is going live right now, all right? Sounds good, guys. All right, thanks, Steve. Thank Bye. you very much. There you go. Steven Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan.